This is Ryan Parsons with Grow With The Bros, the number one recommended podcast by my mom. So be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and definitely share it with somebody you think will find value in it. Thanks so much, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, welcome to another episode of Grow With The Bros, and we're especially excited today because we have Chad Rowland here with us, who's a fairly new franchisee, just just hit the one-year mark, and him and his wife, Amanda, are the owners of Tri-Cities, Tennessee, and uh, we really want to hear all about their journey, and welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks, Ryan. I'm honored to be here. Uh, I think I mentioned to you guys that I'm a big fan of the podcast. I think I've, I've listened to every single one that you guys have ever done, so it's really neat that I get to sit in the hot seat and be with you two here today. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. And I, I hear you. We're going to be in the hot seat a little bit later, and you're going to ask us questions. Nice. I've got a good one for you. That's great. Right. So for, for those who don't know you or your background, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you ended up here? Sure. So, uh, you know, as you said, I um, live in Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, my wife, Amanda, who is a speech therapist, works at a, a local elementary school here. We have two kids, Elise, who is 19. And in her first year of college at Anderson University in South Carolina. And my son Clay is a sophomore at Daniel Boone High School uh, here in Gray, Tennessee. Nice. And what about your background before Brothers? What were you doing? So I've always been in sales. Uh, I've sold everything from copiers to pharmaceuticals to to medical devices. Um, Most recently, I've been in medical device sales. I worked for Medtronic for about five years and then with Globus Medical doing sales of spinal devices. So I'd go in the operating room and, you know, it's somewhat sales, somewhat of a consultant. Um, you know, I go in the operating room with them and they use my products and I kind of help set up the cases and, and they use my devices to, to do a procedure called kyphoplasty, which is for compression fractures. So it's mostly older osteoporotic patients and those patients that have broken their vertebral bodies. We do a little procedure where we put balloons in there and then... The balloons fix the fracture, and we fill it full of bone cement and stabilizes the fracture. But I've done that one procedure for 15 years um, prior to coming on board with with you guys. Wow. Wow. You think you could do the procedure if the doctor wasn't there? I know I could. I love that. That's awesome. (laughs) You know, I've probably done three or 4,000 of them, so I've been in on a lot of them. Holy cow. That's awesome. They're going to call you out of retirement if they need you. Maybe. (laughs) I know where I'm going to get my back fixed. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. So you just celebrated your one-year anniversary. Tell us, how did you get started and what led to you buying a franchise? Wow. It's been, in some ways, it seems like so long ago, and some days it seems just like yesterday. But um, you know, coming from medical devices, it's in some ways a very uh, a very interesting career, but it, it's it's not always been the most rewarding um, and coming from my background, I played sports in high school and college and always been a part of a team. Uh, I've coached my kids in about everything they've ever played. So being a coach of a team, it just, when I was a rep, kind of being on my own, on my own little island, it just didn't fulfill that itch that I had. And I've always wanted to have my own business. And I got to know a guy named Rob McCullough who lives in Hawaii. And he's, I guess, like a franchise broker. And a couple of years ago, connected with him over LinkedIn. And it's a year, year and a half process. He would call me every couple of months and he would introduce me to different franchises, different businesses and say, take a look at this. And I would spend a few months 
going through the process. And for those that don't know how the franchise process works is once you're introduced, then you, you do research on your own, but you also connect doing the validation calls and was on some validation calls with your, your owners. Um, and then if that piques your interest, then you take that one step further to do a discovery day, which I did and came to New York and, and met with you guys. But, you know, back up about a year and a half ago, Rob calls me on a February and says, Hey, I've got the, the best franchise that I've ever seen. He said, they've got the best processes in place, the best support systems, the best culture. I really think you need to take a look at this. And I was extremely excited and thinking, okay, what is this guy going to tell me? And lo and behold, he says, it's called the brothers that just do gutters. And I, I literally laughed out loud. I was like, okay, that's, that's crazy. I know nothing about gutters. You know, I'm in medical device sales. I'm in the operating room. I know nothing about gutters. And he says, no, seriously, you need to research this. Research the business, research the culture, the owner's. And then if, if you're not interested, I'll, I'll, I'll send you some other stuff to take a look at. So I was like, okay, Rob. Um, and then that night I, I told my wife, Amanda, I was like, hey, he mentioned this business that he wants me to look into. It's called the Brothers That Just Do Gutters. And, I, and she, she kind of chuckled and was like, okay, yeah, right. And so the wheels started turning and I began just, you know, researching your business and also just researching the gutter business in general. And the more I looked into it, everybody has gutters. And it's like, all right. You know, there's definitely a need. So let, let's pursue this a little further. And then I begin getting on the validation calls and, and seeing some of the other owners and seeing the background of where they've come from and how they've been able to take this business model and be successful. And I was like, okay, I've got to fly to New York. i got to meet the brothers and let's see what this is all about. So we flew up there for Discovery Day, uh, met you and your team and was just very impressed and just impressed with the type of people that you were and I never felt like you were out to just to, to take my money and, and, and that it was about just money. It was about the people and the culture and was just excited after having dinner with you all. And probably the, the thing that was the, the clincher for me is the day of Discovery Day when you had your team meeting there. We got to see the installation, the production meeting, and you had 14, 15 of your installers there. And Job was running the meeting and Job let them go around and do these shout outs. And, and these guys stood up and just bragged on on their their partners that they're working with bragged on the company and what it meant to them and how it was changing their life and and to me it, it, it was almost like a ministry that you had there and to be able to see that I was I was I was hooked to say okay this is something that I can replicate and that itch that I had of wanting to have my own team and have impact in people's life I was like this is it they they figured it out they've got the business model I mean you could have been doing plumbing or heat and air. It really didn't matter, but you just had the systems and the culture that I wanted to be a part of. So I thought, Let, let's do it. So I, I don't think there was any question when Amanda and I left up there that, that we were ready to be a part of what you guys had. Awesome. That is awesome. I, I absolutely love that. Now, did you ever make it to a discovery day for any, anything else or was this the furthest you went? We did one with D1, the athletic training facility, um, but it was right during covid and talk about God kind of working things out. Um, you know, the, we were ready to sign the dotted line with them, but it was a time when all the healthcare facilities in the country were shutting down. Gotcha. And gotcha. they couldn't even bring us in for a normal discovery day. We had to do it virtually. So we did everything by computer, and it just it didn't make sense at the time with with everything shutting down for us to make the investment. Um, but again, I really think that was God just, just working this out and he had better things in store for us. Absolutely. I, right. I love the way it worked out. This is Me awesome. Too. 
<laughs> so give us a give us a snapshot. Uh, where are you at now? How many people on your team? Trucks, things like that. Um, we're up to three trucks now. Have seven installers. So we have three teams with uh, you know I have a floater guy that we can move around on a daily basis. Um, you know we have a, an office that we started with, but uh, we started with a ten by ten storage unit, and within about a week we we had to move into that, and now we we've got three storage units. And something that we hope to do within the next year is, is maybe look at another location where we've got a, an office space with a bigger warehouse space that's attached. But we've, we've, we've made it work. Um, and, you know, the, the people that we have in place, the seven installers, I've got a solutionist now and a back office manager. So including me, there's 10 of us on our team. Wow. In just one year, you've accomplished all that. So that's got to, and and then this is like you said, this is totally foreign to you, this business, right? And here you are a year later. What is it the biggest th- some of the biggest things you've learned about yourself going through this journey over the last year? Well, I'm normally not a risk taker, and I'm normally you know I, I kind of get in my little comfort zone and and just operate right there, and. You know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, Ed Milet's one of my favorites. And he was interviewing a guy named Colin O'Brady. And this guy's an adventurer. He's, he's summited the highest peaks in seven continents. And I remember one of the things that he said that, that's going to resonate with me. He says he uses a 10-point scale. And he says, you know, the, the, the nines and tens, that's the high points in life, the things that that you really strive for and the mountaintops you get to. And a lot of times there's the ones and twos, the hard work, the, the hard things you have to go through uh, in order to get there. But he says, most people operate in a four to five. They get in that little comfort zone and they kind of flatline. And that, that really was me. I was in the medical device world and, and kind of had the business rolling, but I'd flatlined. And there was just, there was more to be had as I approached the big five O and I decided I needed to take a risk. I needed to get outside my comfort zone and and, and experience a little growth. And uh, that's why we started looking at this. And I finally just decided, hey, you know, if I'm, if I'm ever going to do it, now's the time. Um, so it's been neat to kind of see the risk that we've taken and, and all that we've put into it. And uh, the ones and twos that we've experienced along the way to get us to the nines and tens to the mountaintops. Um, so that really that, that really resonated with me to kind of get outside of that little comfort zone and, and, and do something, take that risk in order to, to try to achieve something greater. Yeah, you kind of hit on my next question. Uh, how much does uh, life look different? Uh, well, we can kind of, you went from safe, probably pretty predictable work schedule to, I would imagine, insane. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about your, uh, you know, how different life looks from, you know, having, having a job to starting a business? Yeah, I mean, I definitely work a lot more. Um, but the work that I'm doing is so much more rewarding and that doesn't make it any easier. I mean, it, it's hard work and you've done another podcast on grit. I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, you got to have a lot of grit to get, get through that first year. And people always tell you in, in starting a business that first year is always the toughest, but I think you have to experience it to really, to know what it takes to get there, uh, and, and, and know all the highs and lows. And, and we've, we've been through a lot of both. Uh, you know, we, we stumped our toe a lot early on, made a lot of mistakes, but uh, just, just looking back and seeing the growth that, we, that we've made, seeing the guys that I hired initially and how they've learned the gutter business and how they've been able to, 
to teach the others that we've brought on and just continue to snowball this thing has, has really been neat to see. So that brings us to this. What does your day look like? Uh, what does it look like and how do you run your business? I'll say this. My day never turns out the way I think it's going to. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome not, to the gutter business. The way the day is going to happen and it never goes that way. Oh, yeah. Uh, I go in usually between 630 and 7 and you know, I make sure that we have what we need for the day. I make sure the guys, we, we usually print off the sheets that where the guys are going um, so they've got a lot of the information on there and, and make sure the jobs are staged and meet them when they get there about 7.30. And we, we pack the trucks up and they head out on their way. And then that's, it seems like every day is different. I think sometimes that's what's really fun about this, but some days that's what's challenging. But, uh, you know, early on I was trying to do some of the estimates and do some of the sales side of it. Um, you know, there was times when I would be right there with the guys and, you know, climbing ladders, which is way outside my comfort zone. The guys will tell you when I show up, they just want me to kind of stay out of their way. Um, but so every day is different and it's, it's been fun just trying to, to wear a lot of different hats. Um, but it's allowed me to, to experience a lot of things and it, it allows me to have a greater appreciation for what everybody does within the business. The, the solutionist, I know what it takes to go out and do those estimates, to get the data entered, to follow up with the customers and with the, the installers, I mean, to be able to be out there in that hot sun or the cold, snowy weather and climbing on ladders. I mean, I've done it enough, not a lot, but I've done it enough to appreciate what they do and, and so that I can show them gratitude for, for all the, the hard work that they do. I know that work's not easy, but I've tried to experience it all. That's great. I'm sure you have. Let, let's talk a little bit about the systems. You mentioned that early on that, you know, when, when the franchise consultant told you, you know, they've got the best systems and support and all that kind of stuff. But once it gets real, you know, what, what systems, I feel like systems is becoming kind of a word like quality and service and culture. It just doesn't really mean anything or it's hard to put your finger on. What are the systems that are absolutely like the ones you must follow? Like what have you found that are the systems that actually make you successful in our model? Our goal when we started was to be the best gutter company in the Tri-Cities. And we didn't, we didn't know anything about the gutter business. And we did a lot of market research uh, and, and come to find out there's, there's probably 20 or 25 gutter companies right here in our back door. But a lot of them is just a single guy who owns a truck and, and he's got a partner with him or, um, you know, a guy may have one or two trucks, but he's, he's involved in the business. And they're, they're not as polished on the processes as what, you guys have taught us to be. And, and probably the, the thing that I, I keep going to and that we, we do our Monday morning meetings, which is something that you guys have taught us to do. But in those meetings, we really focus on the processes of when our guys go out to the job. They want to have a, a positive impact. They want to develop a good reputation with our customers. Um, you know, the, 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 the morning huddle that we all get together and we kind of decide where we're going for the day. Um, you know, when you get there, you get out, you got a game plan, you put the put the sign in the yard. People take the little things like that for granted, but I can't tell you how many duplicate jobs we get just from a sign being in the yard. You know, walking around with the customer, setting the expectation when you get to a job site to say, this is what we're going to do, this is why we're going to do it. You address any concerns, the, the mid-job walk around, to, to bring a customer out to say, you know, how are we doing? Are you satisfied with the work that we're doing at this point? Um you know, the, 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 the cleanup, to make sure that you're, you're, you're cleaning up after yourself, to, 
to show up wearing the brother's gutter shirt. I mean, that sounds like such a simple thing, but I mean, just looking the part, I can't tell you the, the amount of people who've said, you know, your guys are so professional. They, I knew from the moment that they got out of their truck that, that this was going to be a positive experience. The, you know, the plus ones, the, uh, the four corner sales. I mean, this is something that was kind of pounded into our heads when we came up at training, but we've been able to take that and implement it. And I really feel like that's what's carrying on and giving us a good reputation and just making our business kind of keep, keep growing because the neighbors tell their neighbors and they put it on social media. And I really feel like that's, what's been a big part of kind of making this thing mushroom. Man, it's, wow. it sounds like you've been in the business for like 20 years. After all that, that was great. I just can't tell you. I just can't tell you how happy you just made me. I mean, I'm soaring in the inside right now. I mean, you literally just named everything within our uh, learning management system as far as the the courses that the guys take and our process and our system. You're doing it, and 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 I believe that the skills ladder program that we have is second to none anywhere in the country. However, I do feel that a lot of the franchise owners struggle to implement it. It's probably one of the biggest reasons people buy a franchise is because we do have a career path and we have all this, but it's kind of one of the first things that I see fall to the wayside when things get real. You know, when you leave training here and you guys are, you know, high on, we're going to crush this thing. And I love that you have a mission to be the best company in Tri-Cities, but then it's that, the, the Monday morning meeting, the huddles, these are all the things that seem to all of a sudden fall to the wayside. How hard was that to keep intact? You know, I think we started with two guys that didn't know any better. They, they, they didn't have any bad habits. And those, those two guys came to training with me. So they were able to come up and, and, and see what happens when you put those processes in place and see it firsthand with, with your training team. And then, you know, the, the neat thing about this, and you mentioned the career ladder, but the first two guys that I hired and, they came into my office with nothing but a, a boardroom table and green carpet. And, you know, I had this vision as to what we wanted to do here. And those guys left other jobs to come here with nothing. I mean, I didn't have a truck. I didn't have any tools. And we just had a vision. But we had the career ladder. And those guys wanted more than just a paycheck. And it's really neat to see those guys, how they've grown. And I know those two guys are in position to – one maybe move into sales. That's kind of the way he wants to go. And the other guy wants to move more into a production management and to be able to see their, their growth from where we've come from. And, and really what we did, we just took your model, the, the, uh, the career ladder and, and, and use that. And then we, we have quarterly reviews. I bring my guys in once a quarter and they sit down one-on-one -on -one and we, we kind of look at that and we say, where are you at, where you want to go? And we've just kind of helped them along the way. And some of the other guys that are there now, I mean, hopefully as we expand, it'll create other opportunities for them. You glossed over something that's so important that is just, I, I don't want you to take this for granted. This, that, like You had a vision that you shared. A lot of people think, oh, I need a shop, and once I have a bunch of trucks, then people want to work here. Once I have health insurance and bed, like all this stuff that we think we need to get a person to stay, you literally had none of it. You had a vision, you came up with a mission, you got people to quit their jobs and come with you. But the, the craziest thing that I think that you said they're still with you. The two guys that you brought to training a year ago are still with you. Still with Re me. Retention is probably the number one issue in the trades, um, let alone gutters. You you name it. Can we talk a little bit about 
how in the world were you able to do that? Well, I mean, we've tried to create a family here and, and just like you guys, when I was up there, I felt it was more than money. I mean, that's always kind of been my philosophy with them. Obviously we're in business. That's, we want to make money. These guys want to make money. They want to make a paycheck to, to support their family, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's the culture I think that we've created. It, it is a family atmosphere. I mean, the guys that I have, they're one of my guys went over to one of the other guys installers and, and helped him put up a swing set on the weekend. He's helped him change his his brake pads on a weekend. They take each other's families meals. You know, I had a, a close family member pass away. They're 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 texting me. You know, asking how they're doing. We're praying for you. I mean, it's just it's really become a, a close knit group. And I hope they feel like that, that they feel how much I care about them. And then it's, it's a whole lot more than just money and gutters and that it, it is, it's, it's just a family atmosphere that I think we've created. And I really feel like these guys are our, our family and, and we would all go to the ends of the earth to, to help each other out in any situation. And to establish that kind of culture in the time that you have says a lot to your personal leadership. Uh, congratulations on that. Uh, so, that brings us right into the next question. Why do you feel that you're having the success that you're having? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that of, you know, you have this great culture established. You've done it in like a, an incredible short period of time. And, uh, you know, what do you think that you can credit uh, to that success as far as, um, you know, you personally feeling, you know, as far as you and, and, and that success and, and what, what, how that's manifested itself over the last year. I feel the biggest contributor to our success has just been the people. I mean, it's amazing to kind of look back over the last year and, you know, I attribute it to God kind of just putting the right people in the right place at the right time. And, you know, we started with two people that didn't know anything, but then my third hire was a guy that had 25 years of gutter experience. And there's, there's different viewpoints as to whether or not you hire somebody that's got experience or they've been used to doing it. And how do you bring them in and train them your way? And, but this guy was really good to come in and, and accept our way of doing things. And at the same time, train us on the things of guttering that we didn't know. I mean, he, he took our, our production from jobs that we were taking two and three days so we could do it in a half day. And just a lot of little tricks that you just, you can't learn until you get out there and do it. And he'd been there and done that in every situation. So he was instrumental really in, in kind of teaching us a lot about guttering. And then one of the guys, Tanner, that I hired, he brought his brother on as the fourth guy. And he, he was amazing as well. I mean, he could climb and was just extremely brave and, and was really good with tools and just picked it up really well. So we kind of had that core four that – that went from just two guys in a truck. So I was like, I got four guys. We've got to get another truck because these guys are, are ready to go. So we went ahead and we bought the second truck, but it was, it's just been, it's been the right people at the right place, the right time. I mean, every one of my guys has added some value. The, you know, my solutionist that I have now is a guy who's had a lot of sales experience and just been instrumental to, to the growth. Uh, we have a, a new back office manager that joined us about midway through and was able to kind of pick up for my, first office manager left off and, and she's been really great. I mean, we just, it's been amazing to look at, at how it's been orchestrated and it, it's really not much I've done other than just trying to get the right pieces of the puzzle in place, the right people on the bus. Uh, I think Nick Saban talks about getting the right people on the bus. And I feel like that's just been my job is just get the right people in the right seats and, 
and let it go. And that's, that's what we've been able to do. Have you had to, um, you know, you mentioned that you're on your, your second admin. Um, have you had people that you've had to let go that weren't the right fit that just, you know, it sounds like a lot of stuff really worked out well, but were there some, some things that were really tough in that to try and get the, the, the right team? It has, um, you know, we had to move some pieces around, um, the, the first sales guy that I had, uh, just wasn't a right fit. He, he decided to, to, to move on to another position. Um, but then amazingly the solutionist I had now contacted me right about the same time. And he had been in sales for a long time and, and was, was being let go of his job and it just worked out. He, he kind of moved right in place, but you know, we did, we did have to start over some and that's kind of where the franchise support has helped. Uh, when we had a new office manager come on board, uh, you know, Gabby and Naomi, the, the people that you have in place to help with learning QuickBooks and the admin side of this. I mean, they really helped her pick up the pieces and just transition and, and kind of keep the ball rolling. Um, so that's something that, you know, had I not been a part of a franchise, I wouldn't have had that support. And I would have had to stay in the office and try to teach them how to do those things. But it's been nice that they could get on a Zoom call with Naomi or Gabby and, and they can just teach them these things and, and really help us just keep the ball rolling. I'm just curious too, um, as far as like, you know, so, so some franchisees, they'll they'll kind of struggle and you don't even know it. They're not reaching out. They're not necessarily on a peer group. And then all of a sudden you might get like a panic call and you're like, what the heck? And we had, you know, they're not letting anybody know. How have you kind of used the franchiser, you know, uh, and our support? Has that played a big role? Are you kind of, you do your own thing and then reach out when you need them? Or are you like actively engaged in a lot of the peer groups and things too? How are you using the franchisor? I have. I mean, I do the uh, the owner's call. I mean, we have a, a monthly coaches call with Jesse, which is amazing. That's one of my favorite hours of the month that I get with her. Um, but just knowing the people are there. I mean, even from the start, you know, your onboarding process. I had Beth as my onboarding coach to the the 90 days of just walking me through the checklist of everything that I needed to get ready to open my doors that had I not had that, I mean, that would have took me a year to do, um, but it really sped up the process. Then, you know, your training, you got Angelo and Mike and training and, you know, the crew up there that just, you know, brought us in and, and kind of showed us the ropes of guttering. Um, then, you know, you got Mario and sales. I mean, he's a rock star sales guy. I try to get on the calls with him every time I can just, you know, pick up the nuggets that he's able to teach. Um, but it's just, I mean, the list goes on and on of the people that you guys have put in place that, that are there that, that I feel like at any point in time we can reach out to and, and get a hold of and, and they're there to help you. And somebody asked me the other day about you know, being a part of a big franchise and I was like, well, that's, it is a big franchise. We're growing, but I mean, I could pick up the phone and call either one of you all and I know you'd answer and, and you, you'd want to help me with anything, any question that I had. And just, even though you're, you're at the top, I feel like I can, I can connect with you anytime I need you. Awesome. Appreciate That's it. Great. That's great. So you talk a little bit about sales right there. Tell us about your sales process and some of the key things that you've learned uh, in your journey. Well, you know, people look at what I, I've done with my medical device career and then they say, okay, now you have a gutter business. They're like, how does those two, and in some ways they're, they're polar opposite, but in some ways it's, it's very similar. I mean, it's, it's customer service. It's learning how to do what you say you're going to do, when you say you're going to do it, have, have systems in place. You know, when I work with these surgeons and go into the operating room, they want to have everything the same every time they walk in there. They want the systems and processes to be the same. And 
you know, that's what I've tried to, to carry over with my guys. And we're trying to get the right systems and processes in place to make us even more efficient. And I've just, we've tried to take that same level of customer service. I mean, if you can take a, a less of a level of customer service and please a, a neurosurgeon, you know, and you can surely please somebody that you're trying to replace their gutters, but it's just, it's, it's the little things. Um, and I think, trying to get my guys to realize that it is those little things that set us apart from everybody else. And if we want to be the best, the best company, the best gutter company in the tri cities, you've got to do those little things. You've got to communicate. You've got to call people. You've got to tell them what you're going to do, when you're going to do it. I can't tell you the times that when I was a solutionist that they would say, you're the, you're the only one that showed up. We called three other companies and, and, and you're the only one that showed up. So just showing up and being there on time puts you head and shoulders above a lot of people, you know, in, in this in the service industry. So it's just, it's, it's, it's customer service. It's, it's taking care of people. And, you know, somebody once told me, if you, if you help enough people get what they need, you'll always have what you need. So that's kind of, so that's right. That's right. people get yeah. what they need, you meet their needs and we'll be just fine. That's right. Yeah. It's just, it, it really is. It's mastering the basics. It really is so crazy how I feel like, you know, buddies that own other businesses, some of our franchisees, sometimes they're looking for that magic bullet, you know? Like, what do you say at the end of a sale if someone says this? It's like, I could tell you what I say, but if you didn't show up on time, if you didn't, do, you have to do all the other things in order for that word track to actually mean something. And it sounds so far, what I'm hearing is just like from day one, you were just all about the basics. You were all about communication, looking the part. I mean, how awesome to have people tell you that you guys are the most professional company out there. It could have been your third gutter install ever. And they felt like you were the most qualified, best company out there because of the way you went forward. I just think that's really impressive. I think people buy from people they like and people they trust. And we're, you know, we're in the South and it's a good old boy mentality. And if you can build that, that level of trust with somebody... Uh, you know, they're, they're happy to give you their money to do their gutters. So talking about culture, talking about balance in your company, uh, what, what excites you the most about your team and how, it, how do you, how did you get it from day one to where it is today, where you have these guys working together and your sales team and all that? Uh, tell us, what did you do to get it there? What were some of the things? Uh, well, like I said, it's, it's just creating a family culture. It's, I've told them from day one, this is our business, not my business, and give them a vested interest. There's there's a level of transparency. Like I said, we do the Monday meetings, and you know we we keep score. We have a scoreboard. We we know what we did the last week, and by seeing that, they're they're motivated by the numbers too. They they want us to be successful, and I think just knowing that they have a vested interest in the business and wanting the business to succeed. Um, it's, it's, it motivates them. And, you know, the fact that I do trust them, uh, I don't micromanage them. Uh, you know, I, they, they, they clock in when they leave and they clock out when they, they get in their cars in the evening. I'm not calling them during the course of the day and, you know, asking them where they're at or how long did you take for lunch or did you take a bath? I mean, I, it's just, it's a big boy job. And, you know, I trust them. I trust them with, with the part of the business I know they're good at and they're getting their jobs done. Um, and they, they care about each other. Like I said, we've, we've got a group text that we were always on, on on nights and weekends during football games and, you know, try to take a vested interest in them and their family and learn their, their wife and kids' names. And, uh, you know, we, we do things outside of work. We, we try to do team building activities. We, we, 
we've been bowling and go to dinners and things like that together. So it's just, it's about building a culture. I know it's, it's work. I know they have to show up and, and go out in the cold and, and, and bad weather and do hard work, but we try to make it an environment to where, you know, it's, it's as best as it can possibly be. And they're around people that they want to be around. That's great. So you said earlier, this is the hardest you've worked in years and the most hours and stuff yet, you know, so you got this amazing culture, you've got a business that is about to hit a million dollars in its first year, right? If, unless you've already done it and really close. Any day. you're really dang close, which is yeah. phenomenal. You, you know, Ken has a saying business starts at a million. Uh, when you came here for confirmation day, we said, you know, it's a race to three trucks. That's where things start to open up. You've done all these major accomplishments inside of your first year. The craziest thing is you have one territory, right? You know, yes. there's people that have six territories that might not have even accomplished as much as you as fast. You know, they might be growing a little bit slower. And somehow you found time to have breakfast with your daughter every week for what was it a year it was it was months so you're balancing culture family business tell us about that that's insane yeah that was pretty special so uh, every week of my daughter's senior year we picked a different breakfast location here in the tri-cities and went to breakfast and you know i've always tried to be a faith a family and then a, a career-minded person and try to keep it in perspective and I've always been very involved in my kids' lives, and, and I've coached their, their ball teams and, and done those things. We've been a very close-knit family, but, you know, it, it's, it's a different stage of my life where my daughter was going off to college, and my son, who is now in high school, and he's playing high school sports, so they don't need me to be their, their coach of their teams anymore. So it has freed me up to have a little more time and do the things that I wanted. So it's, again, God kind of orchestrating this, this time in my life to do this. And it's probably been a good uh, distraction for me as, as my daughter's been away at college that I've had some extra things to keep my mind busy. She's gone, uh, you know, left in August to go away to school and that's not been easy. So it's just, it's just the right stage in my life that I've had the extra time to devote to the business. Um, but at the same time, you know, that, that time with my daughter was special and hopefully I can do something similar with that with my son as he, he begins to graduate. And it's, you know, I think this business has been really neat for them that they they've been able to see. Okay, dad dad took a risk, and I hope that you know one day when when they're doing whatever they decide to do that that, that they're not afraid to take risk in their own life and and see that if you do that and you put the work into it that it, that it can be successful. Yeah, yeah remember that time dad took his entire career and threw it in the gutter? That was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's it is a testimony to your kids to 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 show them that they're is a path to, uh, uh, business and, uh, for them. And, and there's going to be lots of opportunities. I've seen it even in my own kids' lives. Um, who's, you know, Haley's 20, she's going to go and be a forensic scientist and she's going to Liberty university next semester. And my son Hunter is looking at going into aviation after opening a gutter business in Tyler, Texas, and having that whole experience as, as an 18 year old and now 19 and, you know, uh, it's it's been incredible what business does for our kids, you know, and how it opens up their eyes to a whole new uh, level of thinking uh, and a mindset that, 
you know, they, they would never experience it unless we took the risk and, and did what we've done. Uh, and so that's great. And someday maybe they'll be working with you or, or start their own business, you know? So it's, it's great. It's great. So next question, it's a two-parter. Um, we do, uh, we do a lot of great validation as far as, um, before you even join the franchise, you get to get on every week with a different franchisee, different walks of the franchise, ask them anything that you want. And there is, I would say they're as honest as anybody can be. Um, and then along after you sign, we've got all these avenues for you to reach out to owners and things like that. Two-parter, what's the best advice that you believe you received You know that really made a difference? And then I want you to you know, we do that one first, and I'll hit you with the second part. Ironically, the, the best advice I received is probably the advice that I would pass on to anybody that asked me. And and I don't remember if it was Luke or Jeremiah. I don't remember which one it was that said this, but it was just, and this is very oversimplified, but it's just follow the process. I mean, you guys have been there, done that, have plenty of Brothers Gutters t-shirts. You know, you've got it all figured out in the gutter world, or at least, you know, most of the pitfalls you could, could go through as a new owner or, you know, hiring, trying to find the right people. What does your, your structure of your organization look like? How do you keep a good record book, QuickBooks? I mean, you, you guys have figured it out. And why, why would I, somebody who had no experience in the gutter world, come in and try to reinvent the wheel? If, if I was going to reinvent the wheel, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have bought into the franchise model. I would have just done it myself. And it would have probably took me 10 years to what it's took me one year to do. But you guys have a process figured out. And if you can follow that, and I, I think you can follow it while making it your own. There's things that you can tailor it to to your area, to your personality. Uh, and that's that's what's really cool is that you all are not like dictating what I do every step of the way. I mean, you've provided a model. And if you follow that model, it can be very successful. And then the people that you know I, I, I was looking up to that did this prior to me, that's what they just kept saying. Just just follow the process, and I guess that that would be my advice to, to somebody that's just now starting. It's just it's just follow the process. I mean, it's you know you start with your truck, your crew, and then as the business grows a little bit, if you do the little things and everything that we've just talked about, I mean, there's there's no reason this business couldn't be successful really in any territory because everybody needs gutters, and it's just if you take that. That thought, and you do it right, you do what you say you're going to do, when you say you're going to do it with the systems you all have in place, really anybody can be successful with this. Well said. And you answered both my questions, so thanks. Yeah. (laughs) So um, what do you believe is possible for your team and your territory? I mean, we're we're not at a point where we want to stop growing by any stretch of the imagination, but we, we grew really fast to get the three trucks and to get where we're at. So I hope that in, in year four we can get a fourth truck. Um, that would be, you know, year I'm not four. To, I mean, year two. I'm sorry. Okay. I I was like, so you're really going to take it easy for a few years. In <laughs> <laughs> year two, I hope to get to the fourth truck. Um, but I, more so than that, we want to just get better at what we're doing. We want to get more efficient. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of room where we can save money. We paid a lot for our gutter education. A lot of the mistakes we made, I told our guys, you know, we're paying for an education. Um, so there's a lot we can improve on in year two. 
and I just I want to get better at what we're doing rather than getting bigger. Now we're gonna we're gonna let the business dictate how big we go, and as the demand comes, we're gonna go and meet that demand. Whether it's you know buying the fourth or fifth truck, we don't want to make people wait three or four months for a gutter job. So if, if we can stay busy enough, you know we're we're gonna grow, but we want to get better with our systems. Uh, we want to get a new location, a new office, and you know, a new warehouse where we can keep more, more supplies and be more efficient with the staging of our jobs. Um, and I try to share all these ideas with my guys and it gets them excited that the juices get flowing and they think, you know, we can go from one to 2 million and they, they see us in a, a new building and, you know, just, there's a lot of things that we can do, but it's also with every step of the way, it's, it's avenues for everybody that's already there to move into bigger and better roles within our company. I think that's what excites them too. Yeah, I think one of the key things that you said there too, and throughout this whole podcast that stands out to me is that that whole team mentality that you have of we, not I. Uh, that's uh, that's what can make or break a company when people don't feel like they're empowered to have ownership and have the buy-in and that they're part of something that is great. And you know the transparency that you have just is a testament to your. Uh, leadership and uh, you know and and now you know you know you have a full year of of in the gutter business but I think that's super important too for people who are listening that want to start a business it's not just having the money to start a business but it's having that uh, ability to lead and uh, and that's what leaders do we create opportunity for people and they'll believe in that opportunities there as long as we are doing what we're saying that we're going to do and casting that vision before them. Uh, and that's what gives them the belief to want to stick around. And uh, so I think that's been great. Can I, can I flip the script on you guys for one second? It's, it's, time. it's time. It's time. Right. It is time. As I am you know, approaching a million, and I feel like we've, we took a couple steps up the ladder, so to speak, but uh, I feel like we still have a long way to go. So what's your best advice for somebody like me that's that's took a few steps up the ladder but that has a long way to go as far as scaling the business and being able to get the right people in place so that I can remove myself from a lot of these responsibilities and, and have the right structure in place? You guys have been there and done that. So so what advice would you give me? That's a whole that's a whole podcast no, in and of itself, but we will we will answer the question. Yeah, no, yeah, that's no. how you get on a second episode. No. Well played. I no, like it. But we will we will we will answer that question in February, at the end of February at the Brothers Gutters <laughs> annual conference. I can't wait. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, no but we'll seriously we'll answer. So so I I wrote a bunch of things down, just a bunch of ideas, and you already you already said probably the biggest one is hone what you already have, right? So you hit the growth. So increasing your RPH, in, like your revenue per hour for those listening. Like, so, you know, if you're able to produce a job at a hundred, $110 an hour, how can we get that to 130, 40, 50, 60, increasing efficiency, those dollars that you make in RPH basically get to bypass all your expenses and end up on your bottom line right? So I love that you're going to focus on just being super efficient, working with what you have. Um, you're already doing one of the things I got made fun of early in business. My buddies who saw the way we ran our company, they're like, guys, you're like this little gutter company. Why do you run it like a Fortune 500? You have meetings and installer and huddles, and they kind of made fun of it. But it's the reason why we were able to do what we were able to do. And then it comes down to, for me, 
what got you here isn't going to get you there. So all the stuff that got you to a million, uh, given your background and your thirst for knowledge, you already have it, but always increasing yourself as a leader. And, and I already see that's part of your character. Some people stop. Some people take our system, they get to one, two million, and then they kind of plateau because they haven't grown as a leader. And they don't know, you know, our systems and things can only get you so far, but the leadership, you continually investing in yourself so that you have more to give to your team. Those are big, you know, to continue to do that. I have a few more, but I'll let you hop in. No, go ahead. I got, I can wait. All right. Deep versus wide. You, you're a perfect example. We have a lot of franchisees that think, all right, I did a million. I need more territory. You know what? Um, there's no way I can get to where I want to go unless I buy more territory. There's so, we call it acres of diamonds. There's a book called Acres of Diamonds. And there's acres of diamonds in our backyard, right? So when you were talking about how when you go to a neighborhood and you put up a yard sign, it's unbelievable how you get more. I really do believe that the cheese is moving as far as marketing. What we used to be able to do on Google and through AdWords, it's changing. COVID, I think, was a, a great equalizer for our competitors where they had to learn how to start advertising on Google. Even our, our, our older population, they all started to really get internet savvy. So I don't think we're going to get the amount of leads that we used to through some of those channels, I really do believe that you're going to have to focus and the solutionists are going to have to focus on the neighborhoods we're already in. So if you bought a lead and you're in a neighborhood, how are we capitalizing in that neighborhood? Are we knocking on all the doors? Are we sending them postcards? Are we hitting up the clients? Like by now you've probably done four or five houses in one neighborhood. How cool to go door to door saying, I did these five homes and we're actually doing one down the street right now. How can I help you? How can we nurture uh, you've got a, a whole client database. We always focus on what we didn't get. Like if we're going to do an email blast, it's the people that didn't buy. We have to focus on the people that did buy. How do I get a referral? How do I get them to introduce me in their Facebook group? So I'm hitting you with a lot. I just think the groundswell that we can do, like rather than buying, you know, we're going to always buy new leads, but how can we get the most out of every opportunity right in our backyard? Um, and once... Once we have all that, I think that's when, you know, once you feel like you can do all that, that's going to get you probably multi-million, you know, in the one territory. But then at some point you might think about, okay, maybe maybe I will want a little bit more, more territory. Um, but those are kind of the ones that really popped off as you as a leader, honing what you have, just, you, you know, the recipe to the cake. Now it's like decorate it. How can you make it like this unbelievable thing that's just magnificent? Very good, little brother. So uh, I would also say um, to add to that is you're at the step where Ryan said earlier, you're at a million dollars in revenue. So your organizational chart is going to start to change uh, as you continue to grow and add revenue, which is going to create opportunity for you to grow your organizational chart to have people who know how to do things that you no longer have to do anymore, right? And I think that's some place where people have to realize is that when you're stuck doing all the how-to things in your business, you're trapped there. And when you don't have the revenue and the capital to get past that hump in the business, whatever business you're in, uh, 
that's where people end up going backwards and going back to just that self-employed model. And you, uh, looking at your business the way that you look at it and the mindset that you have, and it's not like, you know, how am I going to do this? I don't know anything about the gutter business, but your mindset is who am I going to get on the bus, right? You said it earlier to help me get this past this point of three trucks. And then we can start really doing some cool things and, and, and continue to expand it. Like Ryan was saying, and, um, Two books that Ryan talked about, Who Moved My Cheese? That's just a very basic book, but it has a great message to it, uh, written by uh, Ken Blanchard, or no, Spencer Johnson. I never um, And then uh, The Acres of Diamonds was Russell Conwell, which is an older book, but still relevant for today. And I would also, one of my favorite books that I've just listened to is Who Not How. Uh, that is just confirmation of what our... Um, mentality is Ryan and I and the rest of our team here at the franchise or level uh, is to train and teach people to have the right mindset to grow beyond and become that business investor quadrant that Robert C. Kiyosaki talks in cash flow quadrant and to get out of that self-employment mode you know and that's what startup is you're self-employed and startup and how do I get to the other side of the quadrant is the way I think and if I could change my mindset in the way that I think as a leader and continue to invest and, and get the information from people who've already gone across to the other side of that thinking uh, and have had the fruit on the tree, like some of the franchisees that you've been talking about earlier, like Jimmy and Jesse uh, and Luke and Jeremiah, uh, you know, and there's a bunch of others too, um, that are, we're all going down the same path and we're all learning from people that have gone down. And I think that's probably the next thing because hard work will get you from zero to one. And you certainly went from zero to one, but it's not the same thing that's going to get you from one to two, okay? And I'm not even talking about like revenue-wise, one million to two million, um, but it does. It, it directly correlates to how much money your business is going to make is going to depend on how great of a person that you are and your thinking and your mindset and your belief of where it can go, right? Because that's going to either create a ceiling on where you go or there is no ceiling, on where you go. And, um, and that's, that's it. It starts with what's in here. Um, and you have the right mindset. So, you know, you just keep doing what you're doing. Like Ryan said, it's back to the basics. Yes, there's things that we tweak along the way, but I got to continue to take in information to make my vision bigger and better and greater and more awesome so that I can track more awesome people into my organization as uh, we continue to grow. No, that's good stuff, guys. That, that's why I'm here. I, I really love it. Appreciate you guys. I appreciate your your leadership, your friendship, and uh, you know, just the kind of people you are. Really make the brothers that just do gutters what it is. And, and you guys are you know, top of the food chain, and have, have established a, a really cool culture here. And I, I'm I'm really happy to be a part of it. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks we're so, we're much. so happy you're part of it. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. what's awesome about franchising right here is this. This opportunity would never have happened if it wasn't for thinking big, right? It would have never been a Chad Roland on our team who has all this incredible experience that you bring to the table from your life experience and many other franchisees that we get to work with and collaborate with, which, you know, it's a team. 
And we all have our, 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 our abilities and talents that we bring to the table. And that's, what's so awesome about the, the franchise business. So, yeah. and I know you had one more question. I'd love to hit it and then we'll wrap it up. You, you're, you asked the question, you know, you, you emailed us back and you're like, Hey, I'll answer anything you want, but I got a few of my own questions. I love it. You want to know, how do you get from the point of working in the business to on the business? And you are right at the cusp. That third to fourth truck, that starts opening up the opportunity to have a field supervisor, right? So the trifecta for our freedom as owners that get into this thing, the trifecta, especially if if you're in the business 100% now, so in your situation, is when you have a field supervisor, a killer salesperson, and a killer admin. Those three people, that's your freedom. Those people handle everything for you. And now you get to tap the flywheel. The flywheel's going. So they're having in the business meetings, that sales meeting, that production meeting, that admin thing. And now you're just making sure the culture is going, that you're, you know, once a week, give me an update on our numbers, where we're at. You're thinking about possibly, you know, finding that location, maybe a little bit more territory, maybe getting a carpenter on staff to do some more, you know, fascia soffit. So you're actually kind of getting to more, you know, your vision, when you have those three people, you can stop looking at your every day and you start looking like at the three month, the six month, the one year, you get to start looking further than you currently get to do because you've got those people. So you're, you're right at that cusp of where those conversations and those, those possibilities start to open up financially, where you start to get a spread that you can afford that. But that was our freedom. Having a killer, killer field supervisor, you know, that was it. That was Ken and I going away for a week and not our phone ringing off the hook because somebody else, it doesn't mean our business was perfect by no means. It just means that somebody else got that call that somebody wasn't coming in today and him and I didn't know it. So those, those are, you're at the turning point, the million dollar to $2 million mark right in there is where these things really start to happen for you. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. So wrap it up. Let's wrap it up, brother. Thank you so much for being on here today. You mentioned so many things that I really believe that anybody who's currently in this business with us, or if you've got a business that you want to grow, you said so many things that are not necessarily part of our system that you did. You casted the vision to the people. You brought them in as family, like your care for your people, your care for the, the, the company and then you embrace the systems that that work. A lot of everyone knows the systems, but you just you did them, right? So knowing and doing, casting the vision, prioritizing faith, family, business has worked in spades. And most people will throw that stuff to the side and go, hey, for the next year, you're not gonna see me. You know, that's that's an easy thing to do, but you prioritized all the right things. You've kept people since day one, you've got out and got the right who's to do the stuff. It's just absolutely impressive. I'm so happy that you're seeing success. It makes us happy for everything that we've done. I've said this to Luke Smith, like all the heartache of starting a franchise and getting this, I would have done for him, you know, because of how much it's meant to his life. And I, I feel the same way about you. Like we would do this if it could just change one person's life and their trajectory and their community. So Thank you so much for being you. Thank you for being on here today. And I hope everyone enjoyed another episode of Grow With The Bros. Be sure to subscribe and share with your mom.